Styles for Tuesday, July 7th, 2015. Brought to you from Arlington, Texas. I'm Sawyer. I'm Chris. And I'm Travis. This week we will be talking about Style 10A, German Vice Beer. Check out our website, brewstyles.com, where you can leave us feedback and requests for us to discuss your favorite beer styles. Send us an email to ask us some questions and we will get them answered on the air. While on our site, you can also find a link to the BJCP website. There, you can download your own copy of the BJCP style guidelines and get more information about how to become an official BJCP certified beer judge. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash brewstyles. Like our page and post some comments to help us bring you the information you need. All right, well, welcome back. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. All right. Very good. You got a beer in your hand. That's good. Yep. It's always good when you have a beer in your hand. What you drinking, Sawyer? I'm drinking your pale ale. Oh. The Paplu. You like it? Yeah, it's actually really good. I think it's pretty good. I think it's better this time now that I didn't forget that uh, dry hop edition. Yeah. I actually dry hopped my IPA yesterday. Oh. Nice. Did we have this pale ale for the our first episode? No, we didn't. Ugh. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, well, I had brewed it after that. <laughs> yeah, this is true. But it wasn't ready before that. Yeah. But anyway. Well, thank you for sharing it today. Yeah. Mm, Let's see. Well, we wanted to continue our summer series by talking about <clears throat> the German Weissbier. 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 What is Weissbier? What does Weiss mean? Weiss. Well, it's, um, it's usually a bad habit, uh, typically drink, <laughs> drinking beer too much. It can be a vice. Oh, but this is spelled W E I S S S. Isn't that white in German? Wit. Yes. White. White. Whale. Kuhwip. Anyway, so. Vice. The Vice beer. Why don't you take us into talk about the style there, Travis? There's really two main things that make the characteristics of this beer. First thing you should know is that this particular style uh, includes a large portion, uh, up to 50% or more, of wheat. And that's something that we haven't seen in the previous styles we've covered so far. Uh, that would actually be considered an adjunct. But in this case, it um, makes up a large, a large percentage of the beer. Uh, it also doesn't, uh, even though it has 50% or more of wheat, that's not necessarily what comes out in the flavor and the aroma. What that is, is all from the yeast. And uh, we talked about that two weeks ago with Saison, uh, whenever we covered a very yeast-centric beer. And uh, this is also the case here. It, uh, this style possesses a unique banana and clove yeast character, otherwise known as phenols. I recognize that word. I think Siri told us about that one last time. <laughs> yeah, we've learned a lot since then. <laughs> Yay, Siri. We don't need to Google it again. But this is a, this is a style that you want those phenols. You want to, they want to, to be in the aroma and the flavor, but not uh, so much that it's out of balance, not uh, overwhelming. Is so, this another bottle-conditioned beer? You know, it can be. They're typically unfiltered. So every time you pour it, or for the most part, it's going to be cloudy. There will be yeast that are still uh, present in the pour. It can be bottle-conditioned, uh, but it doesn't have to be. <clears throat> So if it's uh, if it's not filtered, if it's unfiltered, then they call it a Hefeweizen, 
which is typically what uh, that's the word we use in the United States. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta kind of get the, the get spit. Flim. How do you spell that? Flim. Hefeweizen. P H Flim. Hefeweizen. That's what the, the unfiltered version is. If you do come across a filtered version of this style, then it's called a Kristallweizen. Ooh. Mm. And so I've seen those from time to time, and I didn't realize that's what it was. It's yeah. just the same style beer, but they filter the yeast out of it. That's cute. Yeah. Any idea cute. how much they filter it? Like, usually that's uh, measured in microns. Is it? What do, what do you filter beer at? Do you know? Well, unfortunately, I don't have the scientific uh, <laughs> elements here. <laughs> come on, Professor Paul. But I was, I was looking for it earlier, but I did not come across mm. it. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. Maybe we'll do an episode on Kristallweizen. That'd be kind of cool. And microns. So the uh, the overall impression, what you want from this beer is, uh, you, it's basically a nice, easy drinking summer beer. It's going to have high carbonation, a dry finish, a very fluffy mouthfeel. It has lots and lots of carbonation. Uh, you're going to get a big, moussey, thick head that just kind of sits on top and it stays there. And then from both the aroma and the flavor, you're going to get a nice banana and clove yeast character. Now, these should be moderate to strong, but not overly so. Moosey? Yes. Like dessert mousse? Or hair mousse. Not like bullwinkle? <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah. It's going to be very frothy. And I think that's a good word to describe it. So what part of the beer affects the head retention in this style? What ingredient the wheat proteins. Yeah. That's a that's a big part of it. So that's a big difference between a wheat and another ale is the amount of wheat will greatly affect your head retention. Yeah, that's going to be a big part of it because the, uh, the wheat, it's going to impair the clarity, so you're not going to have a nice clear beer. But the just the amount of protein that comes with it, that affects the mouthfeel, it affects the head. And uh, so you're going to see a very different appearance with this than you would for... Uh, say the American Pale Ale or something else. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be in the appearance. Aroma and flavor are both going to be led by the uh, the phenol character, clove and bananas, but it shouldn't be overbalanced. It's going to be prominent, but you don't want that to be so much that that's the only thing you get. There shouldn't really be any hop flavor, shouldn't be any hop aroma. That's just there for the bitterness and to balance it. But uh, that does not take uh, a big, a major part of this beer, and the uh, the flavor profile. You will taste a little bit of the wheat, but it's really in a complementary format. You might get it as kind of a bready or a grainy flavor, but it'll be there as uh, maybe a grainy sweet malt character. Other than that, you might get, and these should be faint if they are, but maybe a little bit of vanilla or a very faint bubble gum. I know Chris, this is <laughs> oh, very faint bubblegum. Yes. This, uh. this is something that you've gotten in <laughs> beers before, but it needs to be just a hint. Like, I, like bubble I, bubble. Is, I, I think that's bubblegum, but but I can't really tell. That's what you want. If it's there at all. It doesn't have to be, but that and the vanilla, and those are both going to be things that are imparted by the yeast. Those should not be a major player at all. So you wouldn't necessarily add vanilla to your recipe, you just want it to be a slight byproduct. Yes, that needs to be uh, yeast-derived and not not added by the brewer at all. all right. Awesome. Well, that's a nice overview of the style. 
and what we should expect from this beer. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit more uh, more about the history and where it came from, and I think Chris has a little bit more information on that. Yeah, tell I can us. tell you a little bit about it. Well, first I wanted to say that uh, until the beginning of the 16th century, most beers were dark in color because of the use of slightly uh, to severely roasted malt- malted barley that was common at the time. So people didn't really care too much about how the beer looked. It was served in an opaque glass, um, usually like a, a metal mug or something like that. You you couldn't really see the beer from the side like you can now with all the fancy glassware that uh, that we employ nowadays, which if you're wanting to know more about glassware, you can check out our website. We have a whole page dedicated to glassware. But um, pale malt was next to impossible to make in those days. So anything that turned out to be pale was called vice beer simply for its color. Okay. So in the Middle Ages, it didn't matter if vice beer was based on uh, barley malt or wheat, and it didn't matter if it was an ale or a lager. It was just vice beer. It was light. It was pale. So a wheat beer was more commonly called a weizen beer, which means um, that vice beer and weizen beer were not synonymous. They were not the same thing like they are today. The most popular type of wheat ale by far is the hefeweizen, like we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Hefeweizen. So, Weiss beer is one of the many beer styles created by Bavarian brewmasters. All right, so not what we know as Germany, Bavaria. Okay. Wow. Today, just about every German brewery of note makes a Weiss beer, including many breweries outside of Bavaria. Okay, there were periods throughout its almost 400-year-old history uh, where ale making in general faced an uphill fight. Um, so it kind of declined as the beer of choice. I'll talk more specifically about that in a minute. So even though Weissbier had its origin in Bavaria, there were other parts of Germany uh, where wheat-based ales were brewed. But those beers were often slightly different from the Bavarian model. In North America, where the German law stipulating the Weissbiers be made from at least 50% malted wheat has no relevance. Many summer wheat or pub wheat beers are brewed from as little as 30 to 40% wheat. All right, so the wheat amounts in the beer make a big difference on it, what it, exactly it is. These are often superb ales, but by Bavarian standards, they're not true vice beers. The vice beers are wheat-based, top-fermenting, which means they're ales, not lagers. If you're talking about a uh, German lager with wheat in it, it would either be a Schwarz beer or a Dunkel beer. So you have a warmer fermentation, right? Rather than to lager. an extent, well, I mean, in comparison right. to lager, exactly. But yeah, but we'll we'll talk more about what happens with extremely hot fermentations oh, yeah. later. Yeah. Um. So it's it has to stay controlled. It's not anything like the saison that we talked about last week. Your your ferment, fermentation still has to be controlled. So nowadays, vice beers brewed in virtually all parts of Germany, but also the first wheat beers in history were not brewed by Bavarians. They were made. Far from the foothills of the Alps, by the Stone Age people. Me want beer. <laughs> they lived about eight to 10,000 years ago along the Euphrates and Tigris rivers in what is now Iraq. So that's where the wheat beer comes from. That's interesting. Archaeologists called the people of this early civilization the Sumerians. They were eventually conquered around 4,000 years ago by the Assyrians and then by the Babylonians. But these conquerors brewed wheat beers too, just as did the Egyptians under the pharaohs around the same time. Wow. 
So it's very popular uh, in that side of the world, the wheat beer. Wheat. So the Mm. oldest archaeological proof of wheat beer dates from the Bronze Age. Ever since those beginnings of the Bronze Age, Bavarian wheat beer making has had its up and downs. More often than not, Bavarians made their beers from barley, mostly because the wheat harvest tended to be less reliable. I'm thinking of a question, but I'm going to wait and see if you talk about it. Okay. So, Bavaria suffered through many wheat crop failures. So, wheat was not as abundant as um, as it needed to be to keep the beer flowing. So, the authorities in Bavaria were anxious to restrict the use of wheat for bread making only. In 1447, the Munich City Council even felt it had to forbid wheat beer brewing altogether. The councillors decreed that brewers could henceforth use only barley. This is a rule that Duke Wilhelm IV extended to all Bavaria 69 years later. The now famous Bavarian Beer Purity Law of 1516, ah, also known as the Reinheitsgebot. That was my question. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about that um, last week in our Beer 101 mm-hmm. episode. So the Beer Purity Law came into effect because they wanted to limit the amount of wheat that brewers were using because they wanted to keep the wheat available for bread. Only. For bread. Interesting. So that's the history behind the Reinheitsgebot. Yep, can't live without our wheat bread. And then I wondered how that would affect this style because this is predominantly a German Bavarian yeah. style, but you have the the German purity laws which say you basically can't have other things like wheat in there. So mm-hmm. how did this how did this affect it? Well, right. that's all about to change. Whoa. All right. Bum bum bum. So you would think that the beer purity law would have basically signed a death sentence for the wheat beer. Yes. But this is not the case. A mere four years after that beer law was passed... Um, that didn't last long. Yeah, the Dukes <laughs> of Wittelsbach granted... See if I can get his name right. Sigismund von Degenberg yeah, the exclusive <laughs> privilege to brew and sell Weissbier. We'll see if he can say that again after only, the tasting section. <laughs> yeah, like five times Only least. in his region. For a hefty fee, of course. He had to pay... For the ability to brew and sell, did you say hefty fee? <laughs> for a hefty, so hefty fee. How much of so, a fee are we talking here? I, I do we know? No, no. Okay. Well, it changed. How many microns did it they? Cha- yeah. <laughs> tell us. The tell fee, us the fee that uh, he was being charged changed. It kept going up. Oh, it's like TXU. Oh. <laughs> oh. But in 1602. The Wittelbachs got a lucky break. The last Duke of Diggenberg died that year without having an heir. All right, so as a result, the then ruler of Bavaria, Duke Maximilian, found himself the owner of all the Diggenberg clan's assets, including their Weissbier privilege. All right, so instead of letting the Weissbier die, Maximilian quickly seized the privilege for himself and extended it to all the lands of his realm. Okay, so everybody in his little kingdom there were able to brew and sell their vice beer. What a good guy. <clears throat> well. Someone needs to buy him a beer. <laughs> I think he had plenty. Oh, well, you know. So, since only people in his region were allowed to brew and sell the vice beer, he was going to reap a whole bunch of benefits from this, basically in the form of cash. All right? Some dude. So... 
to ensure the proper transfer of the brewing knowledge from the Dagenbergs to himself, he ordered their former brewmaster, Sigmund Betty, to come to Munich. There he built the first white brewery. It stood smack downtown on the location of the current Hofbrauhaus pub. So that's that building's been there for a while. That's so cool. So soon every little town and village in Bavaria had its own Weissbier brewery. The profits from this monopoly rose to almost one third of the entire state's revenues. Really? That's yeah. crazy. So Holy it was quite cow. a bit of money. Wow. Uh, this lasted for almost a century and a half. So by the end of the 18th century, white beer gradually fell out of favor, and the traditional brown lager of Bavaria started to make a comeback. So as vice beer revenues declined, the breweries run by the state bureaucracy became largely unprofitable, so a lot of them started to close. So in 1798, the Wittelsbach decided to permit any nobleman or monastery to brew vice beer. This, however, did not save the wheat brew, and by 1812, only two breweries were still making it. Wow. So it, it almost completely disappeared. That's insane. In 1856, the Crown sold the seemingly worthless brew right to a brewer named George Schneider. Okay? He happily started what turned out to be a brand new Weiss beer dynasty. The Schneider family has been brewing Weiss beer ever since. In 1872... George Schneider and his son, George II, even bought one of the breweries in downtown Munich, the Weiss's Brauhaus. Today, this white brewery is a pub and still under management of a Schneider, the sixth generation George. Is it really white? I don't know. I've always wondered. That brings us back to modern day. And ever since then, the Weiss beer has started to grow in popularity. Cool. Uh, one of the beers were actually going to taste later is a Schneider Weiss. I brought one. Schneider Weiss. Straight from the 1800s to you, folks. <laughs> yep, we traveled back in time because we're cool like that. Yeah. So, there's your history of the Weiss beer. Did you learn anything? Wittelbach was an interesting word, <laughs> I think you said. I learned a little bit. I learned a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, the history of this style went back a lot further than I was expecting. Uh, I had really thought that the uh, the German purity laws were going to uh, negatively affect the, the history of this beer. But uh, I was surprised to find out that it was only kind of just a, a mild speed bump in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, four years later. Yeah. So it's kind of like a U.S. prohibition. Didn't last very long. Nope. Nope. So uh, I think we should get to the tasting section. Yep. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back at you. Okay, bye. All right, so since we just got done talking about Schneider, we thought we'd taste the Schneider Weiss first. Uh, this is from the Schneider and Son Brewery. I just want to read the back of this. The world-famous original wheat ale from Bavaria's oldest wheat beer brewery. See, we just talked about that. Carefully selected ingredients, skilled fermentation in open vessels... As well as fermentation and maturation in the bottle, guarantee the distinctive taste of this authentic wheat ale. So, I didn't know it was open fermented. So does that mean there's going to be like bugs and stuff in it? <laughs> Great. I hope not. 
Does that mean we're going to get West Nile? No. Okay. Now, um, it's in Europe. So did we mention in the style that uh, wheat beers are normally over carbonated? Or not over carbonated, but highly carbonated. Highly carbonated. Highly carbonated. Yes. Say so. And this is actually in a one liter bottle. Nice pour. Thank you. It's kind of bubbly on the inside. Yeah, well. Yeah, with this one, you want to have a very thick, moosey, long lasting <laughs> white head. Moosey. Yeah. So if you pour it straight down the middle, it'll be great. <clears throat> Now, actually, you know what? I didn't, I didn't upend the bottle before we started pouring. What do you mean? Um, so the sediment's still at the bottom, the yeast. Yeah, with this beer, you you want to have it all mixed up. Yeah. So that's okay. Well, just slosh it around there a little bit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's like a tornado. Now you're gonna get a whole bunch of foam inside the bottle too. Oh well. It is a characteristic head inside the bottle. <laughs> but uh, we do also want to point out that this beer is listed on the BJCP uh, style guidelines as a commercial classic example. Yeah. Although, looking at it, it is pretty dark. Very it's dark. It's not a... Not clear. Not a white beer. This is a, a brown. Yeah. Oh, see, there's some yeast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeast. Yeah, that changed it a lot. It is very dark. It's not a, a vice. I, I wouldn't call this a vice beer at all. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. Yep. This is uh, 5.4%. It does say tap 7 on the bottle. On the front? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. The, the color is a lot darker than I was expecting. Yeah. That's an interesting aroma. We're looking for anything from pale straw to golden color. Which is not this. Yeah, this would be kind I of would, a ruddy orange. I would say almost amber. Rust? Not white. No? Yeah, not white at all. It's not very vice. Nope, not white. Not even off-white. Purple. Interesting. So. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of strange that they would call this a classic example when, you know, the very first thing you see, the color does not fit within their own guidelines. Not even yeah. close. So that's interesting. Well, unless it's just a bad bottle. No, they're all that way. I knew that going in. Well, okay then. Uh, <laughs> well, this has been because I, I did some reading on this uh, vice beer specifically because I thought it was interesting that it came up in the history when I was doing the the mm-hmm. research, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I read into the beer and mm-hmm. it's. No, I'm listening. You're good. <laughs> it is all of them were dark. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. Well, it does say drink before 1860, so... <laughs> that was old. a long time ago. Yeah, might have gotten a little old. Does it really say that on the... Ow. <laughs> oh. Let's not drop any more bottles. <laughs> it does smell quite pleasant, It though. does say this on the label. Bottle fermented, brewed according to the Reinheitsgebot. Okay. Even though the Reinheitsgebot said no wheat. Reinheitsgebot. Hmm. I'm confused. Yeah, figure that one out. Google. Come on, Siri. No, we're not going to ask Siri. So, aroma. Well, it smells like beer. Quite pleasant. I'd pick up a lot of banana, for sure. Yeah, that's the oh, first thing yeah. I found. A lot of banana. And I get some wheat, too. Really? <laughs> a little. <laughs> I'm just saying, okay, uh, we want to be clear with what yeah. we're smelling. Yeah. Yep. But so. you pick up wheat in a wheat beer? 
That one comes through. All right, look, man. I'm just giving you a hard time. I, uh, lots of banana, banana bread in the flavor. Well, if you're looking for some potassium. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it tastes like banana bread to me. It's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, after the first swallow, the, the sweetness kind of grips you on the edge of the mm-hmm. cheeks. But it's not, I mean, it's not tart, it's not sour. But uh, you get just a little bit of a tingle on the first one. I'm surprised most of the um, carbonation dissipated in the head. It's not as fizzy in the mouthfeel as I was kind of right. expecting or even hoping for it to be. Not even close to a saison as far as fizziness is concerned. Yeah. And we don't have a long-lasting, thick, frothy no, head it, either. No, it dissipated very quickly. Uh, even when you when you agitate the glass, it doesn't really come mm-hmm. back. Hmm. As strong. Kind of reminds me of the head of a barley wine. So it is puzzling a little bit that it's on the the style guideline list. Yeah. So maybe they I, just really liked it. You well, know? I, mean, I mean, maybe maybe the style guidelines wrong. That's as good. That's as <laughs> I mean, beer. this this is Bavaria's oldest vice beer. It's the original. Yeah. Can you really call the original not what it is? Yeah. So I I. Maybe the the guidelines have evolved over time with the beer, and this one has stayed true to its original form. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd be interesting to compare it to the other ones because we do have another one that's on the style guidelines, mm-hmm. and I know that one's a lot lighter because I've had it before. Or do you think this one's listed on the guidelines just as like a a nod of the nod of the cap to them? You know, it's like a honorable mission. Yeah, but who's like you said before? Who's to tell them that they're wrong? Yeah, exactly. So then, if you don't put them on there, then you look like an idiot. But like, then, well, you can't even put the original. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll put the, the OG. We'll put the original <laughs> on. <your> OG? <laughs> we'll put the we'll put the original <laughs> on our list. But then, when we write our guidelines, it's not going to be anywhere close. We'll just leave it to Master Betty. Master Betty's dead. <laughs> Oh. He died a long time ago right. in, in Bavaria. Right. Okay, well, we are now moving on to our next example. Oh, okay, I will crack this one open. Thank you, Chris. Mm-hmm. This is the Weinstefaner Hefeweizbier. Weinstefaner. Ah, yes. Oh, okay, there so, you go. All right. Tell us about this beer. Well, this is beer. This is one of the beers that is a uh, commercial example for the BJCP website guidelines. And it says Bavarian style on the back. See, let's see. So I wonder if it's going to be as dark as the Schneider Weiss. I was very surprised by that one. Not saying it's a bad beer, just it surprised me that it didn't follow the guidelines strictly but yeah. I guess it doesn't have to they're more like guidelines mm-hmm. well, this one's pouring a lot lighter <clears throat> when you think about did it did you up in that one? Oh, <laughs> that's twice now oh pickles <laughs> sorry I forgot take your yeast Love thank you sir yeast. may I have another alright <laughs> so this one Ask me about is also reason. Five, what was it? 5.4. Yeah, 5.4. Same as the first one. It also, on the uh, label, says brewed under the purity law of 1516. It says okay on the bottle. So both of these have wheat in them, Hmm. 
Wait. And the label has said they are brewed under the purity law. That's got to mean something else then. Because if you think back to purity law when it was originally done, three things could be in beer. Yes. Water, malt, and hops. Yes. And then they changed it to add yeast. Yes. Once they discovered yeast. But that never once included wheat. So that's a little puzzling. Yeah. Uh, Because even in the history, it said the whole reason they did that was because they were trying to keep the wheat out. mm -hmm. So I wonder if at some point they revised it to include... It's like, okay, well, we have unless we have plenty of wheat now, so we can say that that is a type of malt. Or malted wheat. Yeah. Maybe. And so then that that qualifies. Rather than barley. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. That is a good question. I have to do a little bit more research on that because I'm, I'm really puzzled now. <clears throat> but anyway. Well, the appearance of it is certainly uh, strikingly different from the first one. Uh it's, I mean, it's not clear. It's not supposed to be clear. So mix it up with the yeast, but uh, the the brilliance of the color is, is much different. It's definitely golden, yeah. much lighter. It's not orange at all. It's not fits within the guidelines. Oh, absolutely. The the aroma is fairly similar, though. Maybe not as much banana, but it's still there. It's more, very spicy. Yeah, yeah, some more clove, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More so than the Schneider Weiss. Schneider Weiss to me was straight up banana bread. Mm-hmm. This one's a, lot, a little spicier, more clove. And the the uh, the Weinstefaner yeast is actually available through Y yeast, and that's uh, I think it's this <clears throat> strand too that they have worked to clone. They just cultivated it up, so it's not they're calling it that. It's actually the Weinstefaner yeast. I don't think they could call it that if it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be uh, false advertising. It, yeah, it's not Bavarian-style wheat yeast. It's wine Stefaner yeast. That's what it says on the label. Well, when I did my mm. half homebrew recipe last summer, I used the wine Stefaner yeast, and I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. I liked it quite a bit. I've used it also. Have y'all tasted it yet? Yes. Oh, sorry. I think it's fantastic. Very refreshing. I could drink this all day. Light, crisp. Yeah, a lot of good flavors apparent. Uh, the banana sweetness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of a, a dry bready finish. And the um, carbonation stuck around a little better on this one. Yeah, a little. It's like completely there, but yeah, there's a little bit. This is what I think about whenever I think German Hefeweizen beer. Yeah. Hefe. <laughs> Not chewy. Oh. Please don't sue us. My impression wasn't that good, so... (laughs) That's not chewy. Doesn't matter. Also, I find it interesting on the bottle, it says, since 1040. A.M.? Have we been drinking that long? (laughs) I didn't think we were that... The year, 1040. Snap, I was about to say. Wait, we've been drinking that long? Need 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 to get home. <clears throat> so about a, a thousand either, years late. Either that. the websites I was getting my information from are all wrong. <laughs> was it Wikipedia? No, it was oh, not Wikipedia. Okay. Oh, I think you're good. But then. this one says 1040. 1040. Which did not line up with the history. History. Welcome to Bruce Styles. <laughs> More questions than answers. <laughs> 
But, I mean, at least it gives us something to, to think about and to research. The, the whole point of us doing this podcast is to help us get more information and more knowledge about all the styles for the BGCP exam whenever we take that eventually. Uh, so, <laughs> I guess when these questions come up, then that's something that needs answering. Maybe they were one of the two breweries that were still around. Because remember we talked earlier about how um, there were only two breweries still making it? Mm-hmm. Maybe Vine Stefaner was one, and Schneider Weiss? Schneider was the other. Schneider and Son. I wouldn't be surprised. On the label, it says the world's oldest brewery. Hey, you know that's actually kind of cool. You know, you're double S brewing, and hey, look, double S. Schneider and Son. Yeah, yeah. But it's just not. Yeah. At this point, I think it's Schneider and Son and Son and Son and Son. Well, the sixth, George. That's a lot of Georges. Yeah. Especially in one family. Oh my gosh, how do you keep track of that? Uh, numbers? Oh, I know, but are you really going to walk around <laughs> at, at Christmas and go, hey, George number one. I doubt all George six of them two. are at Christmas. This is true. Mm-hmm. You write one card and then photocopy George it. the fourth and George the fifth. That just takes too long to say. Why are we even talking about George, you go get George and tell George to stop jumping on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> George! And then Georgina for the girls. Right. <laughs> Oh, oh, I have a story later, but not now. Oh my gosh! It's All about, right, so it's about Vine uh, Stefaner. Never mind. I'm quite pleased. Yeah, I like this one a lot. Me too. Yeah, I it's, think it's, it's very classic. refreshing. Great for mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very refreshing. Uh, it fits the style guidelines. It's what I think of as a, a German wheat beer. So uh, yeah. Well, and it was. I, I don't know if they do those um, commercial examples in order of any kind, but it is listed first. Probably, or at least, might be. It was, isn't because the one I looked at had it listed first. Yeah, on my page we have Einger, Heckershore, Polener, Schneider Weiss, Weichenstefaner. (laughs) (laughs) That was my authentic German accent. It sounded more like Jose Jalapeno. (laughs) Honesty. P H. Clam. <laughs> okay, now we're getting sued by two people. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the next. Example. On to the next one. All right. So next is the Francis Connor Vice Beer. That's awesome. Thank you. Brewed and bottled by Spottenbrau in Munich, Germany. Ah, Munich, Deutschland. Okay. So another one that says brewed. Within the purity law, on the label. So, hmm, this one golden color, definitely. Yes, I'd say this is uh, slightly darker than the Weinstefaner. See, that looks so. But uh, definitely lighter than the Schneider. Yeah. The Schneider. I think the Schneider Weiss definitely is going to be the darkest one that will Schneider. taste. <clears throat> Cloudy, but it's supposed to be. Nice head. I mean, mine's still bubbling up. Yeah, and the carbonation is strong, too. Yeah, I agree. I get banana. Nice aroma. Yeah. Yeah, it's banana and clove in this one, I think. All three have been, yeah, very strong in that. That they have the the heavy phenols, but not too much. I have yet to come up across any bubblegum or vanilla, though. 
which I know you mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. And I know I know you mentioned it should be faint. Right. So if it is there, I have not been able to identify it. I mean, if you think about it, maybe, but it's definitely not apparent. Uh, I think maybe more so vanilla than the bubble gum. I haven't gotten anywhere close to bubble gum yet. Yeah, me neither. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely have gotten a little bit of vanilla here and there. I mean, if if you think vanilla, you might get some, but it's right. I don't know, but you'd ha- you'd have to really. I think, think it's about all it. in your head at that point. You don't really taste it. Sure. Yeah, and I have a feeling that those those two things specifically are going to come from maybe a little warmer fermentation that you want than you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I've heard, even though and experienced, yeah, <laughs> experienced. Um, <clears throat> even though you want you want these phenols to be in the beer, if um, if you ferment it at like a cool 60, maybe 62 degrees, it it will still have these things, but but there'll be it'll be much more balanced. Right. Uh, I have brewed one of these before, and uh, I used a used a solid recipe. It was a clone recipe. We'll talk about that one in a little bit. But I left it in the bathtub in my bathroom, and it was it was probably about 70, maybe 69 degrees, and it. It just blew up, and there was krausing everywhere. It clogged the airlock. It was really bad, and I was I was trying to get it down to to some cooler temperatures, but it didn't work out. And then the the beer itself, it was all right. It was drinkable, but you know, there's just there's just something a little bit off about it. Yeah, when I did my uh, wheat beer, my first attempt at a wheat beer, uh, definitely fermented too hot, and it was really bad bubble gum. Mm. So, but what if you like bubble have gum? Experience it? Nah, not in your beer. <laughs> if you want bubble gum, go have some bubble gum. Okay. Not in your beer. I'll go get some bubble bubble. I'll be right back. <laughs> the first so. time I tried this beer was uh, back in college. Looks like. Oh my gosh! Because on my on my rate beer rating, it was <laughs> the one that I imported <laughs> in uh, 2009. But I import a lot of things on that day, and so this was something I probably had way back in the early days of our beer experiences because I said, was probably a good hefe, but I have no taste for them. You know. So that was my, <laughs> my expert opinion on that back in whenever I had this. 2009. Fun fact. Before then, probably. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Uh, spring 09 or fall 09? Well, the time that I started off rating beers on Facebook, there was a little Facebook application called like Beer Seek or something or Beer Find. I don't know what it was. And then uh, I liked it because I can just click a star and that was it. I didn't like rate beer because I had to type out 75 characters and I was like, ah, that's too much. So then at one point in March of 09, I was like, I'm going to import everything in there. And I had to write comments. So I think that was one of those just like, was probably a good jefe, but I have no taste for them. Here's the rating. (laughs) Fun fact, I was a freshman in college in 2009. Wow. March of 2009. Uh, At that point, I was done with college. I was uh, substituting, but I hated it, so I took off a lot of days and drank beer and (laughs) (laughs) obviously spent a lot of time importing ratings, so. All right, on to the next beer. Yes, indeed. Which is another Hefeweizen. <laughs> really? No, I, I think it is, right? Okay, good. Bye. Uh, this is the Hofbrau Hefeweizen. Brewed in München. 
What is... Bless you. Munich. <laughs> <laughs> That's Munich. All right. Thank you. Oh, this is a 5.1% ABV. Yes. So slightly lower than the other three we've had. The aroma is definitely different. Still golden. Yellow. Ooh. That aroma is different. What in the world? We remembered to upend this one. Yeah. Limon Pledge. No, no. Okay. Yeah, so it is kind of spicy, fruity, lemony. Yeah. Travis? Well, I just got it in my glass, so I haven't really had a chance to check on it well, yet. Well, that's why I'm... we're waiting. The aroma on this one's a bit different. <laughs> it's uh, spicy. Yeah, spicy, dry, bready. Spicy meat about me. Maybe a little citrus. a touch of skunk. Really? <gasps> Maybe a touch. Mm, perhaps. I mean, ever so slightly. Because there's something different with this one that wasn't the other ones. Yeah. <clears throat> the flavor's much more mild. Yeah. It's a lot more tame. There's Oh, I didn't taste The it. phenols aren't nearly as strong mm-hmm. in this one. I'm sitting here agreeing with you, and I haven't I even tasted, tasted the beer. Wow. Come on, Sawyer. Sorry. This one's more fizzy. I got ahead of myself. The mouthfeel over the palate's definitely more more fizzy. More so than the. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely, one? absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, yeah, the other ones you could you can get a nice big head of it, it but this one. Yeah, I do get a lot more of it now. It, it, it almost is, reminds yeah. me of a saison. It's just like that. It's got that little bit of punch in the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that crisp. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like drinking Sprite. I can see it. It's, I still it's like the feeling you get in your mouth when you drink Sprite. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what it feels like. Just that, I don't know. Your eyes are drooping there, Sawyer. I'm fine. Sawyer. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't matter. Just Sawyer. Sawyer. Whatever. We had this discussion last week about <laughs> how to pronounce his name. S-A-W-Y-E-R. Sawyer. Right. Yeah. Sawyer. That's but the correct way. Being raised in Texas, Sawyer. All, I've, all I've said and all I've ever heard is Sawyer. Like S-O-Y. Y-E-R. E-R. Yeah. Sawyer. Sawyer. Or soy sauce. Mm-hmm. Saucy. And so that's what I've said. That's what I've heard. And then this conversation came up last week, and then he's like, well... Technically. It's actually this. And so <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been depressed this, this entire last week because I realized I've been calling my friend the wrong name for a long time. Oh, yeah. You don't need to be depressed about it. A lot of people... For the whole five years that you've known him. Yeah. A lot of people call me by both, so it doesn't really matter to me at this point. I quit fighting the battle. I'm gonna start calling you Travis. Well, yeah, we have to make up for it. <laughs> to, to be to be fair, so you're gonna be Karius, and that, I'm Travis. But you're adding a letter to my name. That's okay. We can add more. <laughs> call me Tris. Tris. T H. Tris. Tris. Yeah. Okay. You can do that. So we got Sawyer. So when you hear the next intro to our podcast, <laughs> and we got our friend uh, probably not, we got our friend Fredo, yeah, Fredo, and then Hashel Swerdy. <laughs> just saying that. Name. Why did we not have the German here when we were doing German Weiss beers? It's just Hassel Swerdy. Yeah, we probably should have. He's probably too busy with a restaurant. Probably so. 
Hmm. Anyway, so the Hofbrau from München. <laughs> Pretty good example. Definitely, yeah. I would agree when you said more mild. It's not yeah. as uh, not as intense, not, not as, as punchy. Mm-hmm. So if if you're not sure if you'd like a wheat and you want to kind of ease your way into it, this would probably be a good place yeah. to start. Because it's the, and not not to say that the flavors are strong by any means, but if you're unsure about it and you see a Hofbrau, might be a good place to start. I'm gonna ignore what just happened. So might be a good place to start. Yes. Yes. Beginning Z. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it has everything you're looking for in a general wheat beer, but. It's just kind of more more subtle, more subdued, and pretty well balanced. I do believe that this is also a commercial example on the BJCP guidelines. Is <clears throat> it? Nope. I thought I read that earlier. The commercial examples would be... I Remember he listed them earlier? Hackerschwurweiss. Polliner Hefeweiss and Neutrib, which we had tonight. Schneider we didn't Weiss. have the polliner. We did not have that. <laughs> there is no mention of the Hofbrau from Nichien. They all sound the same. There is no example of the. Sh- all right. All right. Don't Sorry. Of Play. the Franziskaner Weissbeer. <laughs> all right. On to the next beer. Okay. We're going to move to our last example for the evening. And it is a local example. So far, the previous four have been from overseas, and we decided we want to have one example from the DFW area. So this one comes from Franconia, which is based out of McKinney, Texas, and that's uh, kind of in the north, the North Dallas area. And this is uh, one of the one of the longer-lasting breweries in DFW today. Uh, Franconia has been around for almost almost ten years now. And uh, the owner, which I can pronounce his first name, Dennis, but his last <laughs> name is, is German, so I'm going to show Chris and see how he... Vermann. Vermann, all right. So Dennis Vermann, he, and he is from Nuremberg, Germany. So he's German through and through. When he, <clears throat> he came here, he, he decided he wanted a authentic German brewery, but he wanted fresh beer for the people in McKinney. So for a long time, he did not bottle, he didn't can, he didn't really distribute, um, and he wanted, that's how he wanted it, it was fine. So I thought this would be a great example for us to try tonight, because it's a beer from here, brewed in the German tradition. So let's try it. But it doesn't say it was brewed in accordance with the purity law. So maybe this is the only one that's authentic. (laughs) Because all the other ones are phonies. <laughs> it's definitely different. I've already, while you were talking, I smelled and tasted it. And it's, it's definitely stands out from all the others. I'd say the appearance is a light orange. Yeah, it's a little darker than the others. Um, with the exception of the, why can't I remember this? Hofbrau. No. Oh. Hofbrau? Schneiderweiss. Schneiderweiss. Franziska. That was the darkest one. Schneiderweiss. Franconia. Schneiderweiss was the darkest one. This like one's darker than the others, but not as dark hmm. as Schneiderweiss. Interesting aroma. Yeah. Sharp. I, yes. That I, even in the flavor, I would say that word fits perfectly. Like as in one half step higher? No. Oh. Here's a wheat and punch. here's this beer. 
That's a music and joke. And a room full of music majors. That's a music joke. Anyway. Hmm. Punchy, yeah. Yeah, it is punchy. It's... Like fruit punch? No. I would be interested to see the grain bill and everything for this and know what yeast to use because it's definitely different than all the others. I like it, but it's different. I don't think banana and clove yeast no, character. not at all. Mm-mm. No, no. No, no. Nor do I think vanilla or faint bubblegum or... Maybe a little, like, uh, I hate to say ginger spice. Well, it's kind of... Look, we're not talking about kinda the spice tingly. girls. Okay? It's kind of... G- <laughs> Tell me what you want. What you really, really want. I'm I want to, I want to, I want another beer. Really, really, really want another another beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get a little bit of ginger. Hmm. Do you? I could feel that. Because a ginger is a very, like, hot spice. You can feel it in yeah. your tongue. It just kind of tingles. Because it's not cinnamon. It's not no. allspice. It's not pumpkin. Right. I'm try- I'm thinking all the spices in my head, trying to, to pinpoint exactly. You think but like a lemon or no, citric acid? No. It's definitely a spice. A spicy meatball. <laughs> not that kind of spice. Oh. I mean, do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm. It's different. Yeah, and that's... That definitely strays from the other four examples we've seen. I'm not sure what would cause that. Or, well, as we're finishing up this one, let's go ahead and move into the homebrew recipe section. I did bring uh, one example that that I found in a book. I have the the clone brews book, and in that book they try to to duplicate some uh, very well known commercial beers. And in this one, they listed the the Polliner Hefeweizen, which we don't have tonight, but it is a uh, is one listed on the BGCP commercial classic example site, and so I figured it'd be a nice one for us to share tonight. But for that one, they have uh, they have over fifty percent for German wheat malt. They want five five point two five pounds of just German wheat malt, and then to pair with that, they have four point seven five pounds of just a Belgian two row pale malt, so very light. And that's it for the grain. Oh, wait, wait, there is a uh, four ounces of German Munich malt. So that rounds out the uh, the grain bill. Then for the hops, they have just one ounce. That's it. The entire thing. One Wait, ounce let me of, guess. Hollertau. One ounce of German Hollertau yeah, Hirschbrucker. You got it. I knew it. And that's that the bitter hop. Stuff. So basically, once you boil, you'll toss that in, and that's it. Which is which is uh, absolutely accurate. There should not be any hop character or aroma at all for this beer. It's just there for the bittering, the balancing, and that's it. Then for the yeast, you can choose several things. You could do the uh, the Weinstefaner yeast, which Y yeast uh, provides. They also have a Bavarian wheat yeast, which is thirty fifty six, or the German wheat yeast, which is a uh, quad three. Three 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 And that's it. And uh, what I've heard is it's recommended to ferment at sixty two degrees if you can, because that truly maintains the balance of phenols in this beer. Not any hotter than that, or else you'll get a lot of bubble gum. I think that'll about round out our episode for tonight. I think the paper got a little wet. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think we're about done. Okay. Thank you for joining us for our latest episode of Brew Styles, where our topic of discussion was the German Weiss beer. Look for our next episode coming soon where we dig into the hybrid style that is Kolsch Category 5B.
To help us sign off, we are joined by Bubba, the local representative from the Texas American Patriot United Homebrew Association of the Republic of Texas, otherwise known as Tapu Heart. Bubba has many years of homebrewing experience and has compiled a list of brew tips that he will be releasing in an upcoming publication, Brew Tips and Tricks, Changing the World One Beer at a Time. Please welcome him into the studio this evening where he will be sharing one of his tips with us. Bubba, yeah, welcome. Bubba. Howdy, y'all. What were I here for? What are we talking about? We brought you in to give us one of your brew tips. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's You've right. shared several with us and yep. we'd like to know the Give one. us your that's wisdom. Right. All right, so... Uh, this week I got for you uh, brew tip number fifty-seven. Oh man, <clears throat> we got that high already. Jeez. Yeah, brew tip number. What are you talking about? Brew tip number fifty-seven. We haven't had fifty-seven <clears throat> episodes. Yeah, it sounds like a personal problem to me. Oh. Anyhow, okay. brew tip number fifty-seven. Always sanitize your crack. Is that it? Yep. Valuable words. In any manner of life. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and thank you very much, Bubba, for your pearls of wisdom. We'll see you here next time on Brew Styles. <laughs>